Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. I've been listening to a lot of Lil Wayne lately, and maybe that's why I couldn't stop thinking about him as I was listening to today's interview with writer Mark Elliott about his biography of country star Merle Haggard. I mean, think about it. Between Wayne and Haggard, you've got extreme hometown pride, using both music and substances to process tragedy, a criminal background, and a certain exactitude with words. Elliot tells NPR Steve Inskeep that Merle Haggard's voice belongs in the echelons of the Frank Sinatras of the world. And maybe so, but Haggard's life story, to me at least, it reads like he belongs on Young Money Records. This message comes from NPR sponsor LiveRight, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. The right agent can make or break your home search. That's why Homes.com provides an agent directory that details each agent's experience, so you can find the right one and ultimately the right home. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Sing me song. The late Merle Haggard sang about breakups, working, loving, fighting, American flags, getting drunk, and working some more. Well, hey, hey, the working man, working man like me, I ain't never been on welfare, and that's one place I won't be. He sang all the country music stereotypes, but is it really a stereotype if you helped to write the stereotype, and before that it was your life? A new biography examines the story of Merle Haggard, who spent his early years going from family tragedy to odd jobs to broken marriages to petty crime to prison. Before his death in 2016, Merle Haggard came on this program and talked of his youthful love for jumping onto freight trains, including one that went over the mountains. And it was in the wintertime, and there was snow, and there was ice, and two other hobos and me crammed down in the ice compartment of an old refrigerator car. What did you learn from that? Uh, take enough money to ride a bus. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of life left an imprint on Merle Haggard. His biographer, Mark Elliott, met Haggard when he was a country music star, showing both talent and charm. But also... I could feel a, a, a sense of turmoil. I always think about writing biography as a mystery, like a, a Raymond Chandler mystery. Elliot set out to find the source of that turmoil, and the story took him back to Haggard's birth in the 1930s. Well, his father was an Oki from uh, Oklahoma. You know, Oki was uh, a pejorative term, something that Californians called what they considered immigrants. They were just not welcomed. These are economic refugees, so to speak, in the Great Depression, fleeing the Dust Bowl. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Merle's father decided to move to California and start a new life. And Okie from Muskogee, which is a song that's about pride. It was about his father's pride in being uh, from Oklahoma. And I'm proud to be an Okie from Muskogee. A place where even squares can have a ball. We still wave old glory down at the courthouse. If 
White lightning still the biggest thrill of all. Merle loved his father so much. They were practically inseparable. And every night after dinner, they would listen to country music on the radio. And that's where Merle first heard uh, Jimmy Rogers, Hank Williams, uh, uh, all, all these legends. They had a profound influence on him. And then, at the age of nine, Merle's father suddenly died. And like a lot of children, Merle blamed himself for that. And his, his life suddenly became one of acting out rage uh, with a lot of robberies, car theft, put into reform schools, local prisons. The only thing he had going for him was playing the guitar. I turned 21 in prison doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but Mama tried. Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better. But her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, cause Mama tried. What was the crime that finally put him in San Quentin, the big prison in Northern California? Well, uh, he and his friend decided to rob a restaurant. They had a lot to drink. And as they were breaking in, the owner of the restaurant came by and said, uh, I heard some noise back there, and said, why don't you fellows use the front? We're open. And both of the boys were arrested. <laughs> Merle went before the same judge every time that he was arrested. And finally, this judge was fed up with him. And to teach Merle a lesson, he uh, sentenced him to an indeterminate term of 15 years. Uh, he was only 19 years old when this happened. And uh, that really burned even deeper into this sense of aloneness and not really trusting anybody. I paid the debt I owed them, but they're still not satisfied. Now I'm a branded man out in the cold. Haggard emerged after three years and when sang his way to fame, but never lost that inner turmoil. He sang openly about past failures, yet apparently made up parts of his memoirs. His lyrics reflected classic country music politics, pro-flag, anti-protest, yet he celebrated the election of the first black president. His biographer says this white singer related to people of color. Life as an Okie and in prison made him feel for the underdog. He idealized his own pain. You know, he, he turned it into something that he could express. And what's great about his writing is there are virtually no metaphors. It's almost journalistic. Um, Tonight the Bottle Let Me Down, for an example. Uh, it's a song where you don't need an image. You, you see what it is. I've always had a bottle I could turn to. And lately I've been turning every day. And I'm a hurting in an old familiar way. When you listen to Merle Haggard, it, it is not country music in the way that, uh, say, Willie Nelson's music is country music. You know, bright, sparkly, fun. It's a little bit darker. 
But his music, because of his playing, which got better and better and better, his writing, and his incredible vocals, made him unique. Now, I think if he were played on the same radio stations that, say, play Frank Sinatra or the, that era, um, he'd be just as accepted. Uh, I think he was that good. Mark Elliott is the author of The Hag, The Life, Times, and Music of Merle Haggard. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I'll drink my beer in a tavern, sing a little bit of these working man blues. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.